0: This came on. Blob Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures, what I've left behind. I'm locked I'm up like in memories They all intertwine The memories within in my mind I know tomorrow Cause that zone will come You will never know
1: what you've done Well, good evening and welcome to the Stop Child Abuse Now show. This is scan number 3260. That's 3260. Now, tonight we're going to have a really, really wonderful guest. I'm hoping that um, someone who's Skype here. I'm hoping this is her. Um, Elizabeth, is this you? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Hello? Are you talking to me? Yes, I am, by gosh. Oh, no, it's
0: <laughs> not
2: Elizabeth. It's Katerina from Canada.
1: I'm so glad oh, you hi. joined the show. Yes, oh, hi. Okay. Long time. It's been a long time. Yes, it has been. We're supposed to have a guest tonight. And uh, she's a Native American, and uh, she wants to speak about um, all the, you know, trials and tribulations she went through as a child, and then also, too, more into um, the type of things that she had to face, you know, um, even as an adult. So it would be very good if that was she, you know, that had called in. But if she doesn't, we always know what to talk about, don't we? Yes, we do, okay? So um, that's okay. Maybe she's late. I don't know. All right, let me read the uh, the mission statement here. We have a single of purpose of NASCA to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. One is educating the public, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, and we know that that's true. All right, number two is offering hope for healing to numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Now, I usually talk mostly about prevention of the three, but quite frankly, they're all important, and uh, recovery is something that's really, really, really um, not easy to get into and get hard. You know, it's hard to, to recover when you've gone through all different types of abuse, but it can happen. You can heal, and you have to put the work into it. Now, I have on with me tonight. I have my co-host, and that's Lori. I'm always happy when Lori is here, Lori Purcell. And um, then I have also, too, Katerina. How do you see it? Is that Caterina?
2: It is, Ekaterina. Yeah. Good job, and, and I'm
1: so excited for tonight. Well, I'm, I'm so happy that you're here. We haven't heard from you in a long time. Yeah. So um, is everything okay with you? You
2: know, everything is fine. Um I'm also a survivor of child abuse, so I had to take some time to do some self-reflection, focus on my health, and do some healing. But now I'm ready to come back because I really missed the show. It was such a benefit in my life.
1: Well, we're so happy to have you back, okay? And, um, you know, that's fine. A lot of times people do take time. I want to explain that. I'm glad you brought that up with the healing process. You don't heal overnight. Okay, so sometimes we have to take a step backwards before we can take a step forwards. Sometimes we have to get help, you know, like say from a therapist or a counselor or um, or whatever or whomever, someone um, that you can relate to and who can relate to you to help you, uh, you know, so you can take that step forward. That's not unusual at all. But the good part of it is is that after time of putting work into it, you can heal and you do come back. And here you are, by God. Yeah, here you are. I'm glad you're here. So, anyway, tonight um, I was hoping, you know, for the guest to show up, and um, she's not here. So what we're going to do is um, talk about some other things. That I, I always have a, a topic to talk about in case, you know, something happens. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about verbal abuse tonight, all right, for one thing, because that's something that is underrated uh, about the uh, what can happen to people who are verbally abused. It's emotional abuse. That's what it is. And quite frankly, you know, a lot of times, whether you're a child or, and I'm going to go to the panel with this too and get there and, you know, see how they feel about it, But when you're a child and and you're going through all this horrific, horrific abuse at home, and there's so many of us that do, okay, Um, when you go through this awful abuse and you're screamed at, um, you're told you're not very smart or whatever the heck it is you're told, or maybe people say, well, you're never going to amount to anything, and you get really, really upset when you're in public, Okay, I don't know if any of you guys went through this. I did. But um, when you're in public and, you know, you get chastised in front of, uh, you know, a lot of people and their voices are loud, okay, which makes you feel like you're a sixteenth of an inch tall, all right? (laughs) right. So we don't get over stuff like that. And, and of course, when there's sexual abuse, when there's Mm -hmm. sexual abuse at home, and we do know from studies, we've done a lot of studies, that a lot of abuse does happen at home. And and with the incest, okay, that people would never say that word. Would they say that word 10 years ago? Oh, no. It was something that they would run from. And, you know, if we don't face what we're going through, and this goes even for those who are being abused, the ones who are abused, if you don't, you know, be honest with what happened to you as a child, Um, with the therapist or or whomever you choose to talk to, then you're only going to get partially healed because you're always going to have that other problem that's looming in the back of your head. Well, my brother did this or my sister did that or my uncle did this or, you know, on and on it can go throughout the family unit. And that causes then a part of us that don't heal because that part has not been addressed. Now, with the... um, Understanding of verbal abuse Which I'll get to in just a second But let me ask uh, the, the panel here um, And I think it's going to be A yes with both of them Have you ever been a verbally abused at home When you were a kid growing up? Yeah, I,
0: uh,
1: I think it goes It goes you with
0: go
3: I think the abuse in general um, mm-hmm. Because usually before you get Pounced on there There's going to be yelling And I really think words hurt um, worse because you can't get rid of them unless you go through a lot. You know, when you hit, physically hit, your body eventually is going to heal or almost heal. You know, some injuries are bad. But the words, they carry, and they carry into your adulthood and they keep carrying. Eventually, you're going to have to deal with them. But it's part of, that cycle. I haven't met a nice abuser in my life. They all yell.
1: That's true. That's true.
3: And I think it's part of their grooming to make you feel less than you are, honestly.
1: Boy, I know what I feel like doing to someone who wants to at me, but they're not around anymore. <laughs> anyway, let me let me go to Katerina. Um what about you Were you like screened at And all that other stuff At home Made to feel less than And, and all that Oh where do
2: I begin Absolutely I was um, mm-hmm. You know my family Is from a European background Parents survived Communism uh, Before that You know trauma From Holocaust Transgenerational trauma Basically And I endured the brunt of it, you know, I had a turbulent relationship with my mom from an early age, Uh, and emotional abuse was something that was absolutely a regular part of my life since I was probably a baby, like two or three, God knows when she started. Um, and what made it worse was that my dad never protected me. Uh, he always sided with my mom and they both gaslighted me um, into adulthood. So a lot of the healing work um, came from my uh, desire to get rid of the pain. And it wasn't just going to go away on its own. So that's the thing. Um, It is work. You have to work at it. You have to talk about it. And that was even hard for me. I think I started talking about it when I started coming to NASCAR on these shows. was the first time I really started exposing the secrets. But before that, I sucked it up. And I tried to live life. And I couldn't figure out why I was so anxious and so sad, and why I had the desire to save the world, because there was no one there for me when I needed them.
1: Oh, boy. Boy, did she say a lot there, huh, Lori? Um, yeah, hey, I
3: don't want the big wow on that.
1: Yeah, I could hear you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, it, 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 <laughs> No, 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 way. Way. <laughs> that's okay. I, I love it, I love it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. No, in fact, it's, it's very good for us to express ourselves, okay? Because too many times we we don't express ourselves and we internalize. And when you internalize, that's what makes your body sick. Now, I'm sick as heck tonight. I don't know if I'm internalizing or what. But <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's something like it. That's what I think. Um, you know, I, I had something that I didn't really like and I shouldn't have eaten it tonight. But anyway, the point is this. If we don't talk about what happened to us, in fact, I even have right here, Um, And this is under childhood abuse, and it's 10 ways to heal. All right, and the very first thing, which we just spoke about, was uh, the the acknowledgement of what happened. Now, Katerina, you did a great job with, you know, explaining um, what you had from, um, you know, from childhood. And um, a lot of us can identify with that, a whole bunch of us, because when you come from dysfunction, okay, When you come from dysfunction, you're you're not going to be a person who isn't going to, um, you know, walk away from it without getting burned some way. There's going to be something wrong, you know, that you need to address some type of, of, uh, you know, emotional, you know, discomfort. Um, It's this month now is mental health month. I don't know if people are aware of that, but that's what it is. Next month is Domestic Violence Month. You know, the months have different topics, you know. So right now people are dealing with uh, the mental health issues. And, you know, with all the studies that have been done, and um, I'm in in touch with a lot of those studies, what's been done, they've realized that when people, when children are are horribly abused as, as children, when they have trauma, when they go through all kinds of trauma, It carries over into adulthood if they don't get the help that they need. And what's the age that people talk about their trauma? You know, on this show I'm going to speak about, they don't come on in their 20s. I mean, once in a great while we'll get someone who's young. Um, I might get phone calls in the middle of the night, uh, you know, from 17 and 18-year-olds. I've had that. But usually people don't speak about what's happened to them until they're, God, in their 40s or 50s. And it's because of shame, embarrassment. You know, they don't want people to know where they came from, what type of background. Um, it's very bad when you get into a relationship and you're not honest with that person. You don't tell them, you know, what happened to you as a kid and all this other stuff. And then what happens in many times in relationships like that. um It folds, and the reason being is because we're not facing what happened and we're acting strange, right? (laughs) Maybe we'll turn to alcohol, drugs, whatever. Maybe we have depression, suffer many times from depression. Um, That's a a biggie. With the mental health, I I certainly had uh, complex PTSD, and um, I was uh, diagnosed with that. And um, all kinds of things That go along with it And we all are Many of us are On NASCA Now I didn't come to this show You know I've been here 13 years Alright I was on a show for two years before that With a Canadian gal And um, she was fine But she decided she wanted to become a minister At that time So I was introduced to NASCA So it's 15 years on the radio Now when I told my story, I wasn't in my 20s. See my point? When many times we have to go through all kinds of stuff in life before we're ready to actually talk about what happened in our life. It, it, it's just just the way it is. And it's unfortunate because the sooner we get help, first of all, you have to acknowledge, like this says here, you have to acknowledge what happened to you. And... Um, And get help And by the time you're in your 20s and 30s For God's sake You you know there's something wrong You might be very depressed um, Suffer from suicidal ideations I did that A lot of people do that Because we don't get the help that we need Um, There's all different kinds of things Maybe there's um, problems with eating disorders um, A lot of self-harm Putting ourselves in risky behaviors Not just with children That carries over. Again, it carries over into adulthood because it hasn't been addressed. So what you're talking about here with you taking time off and getting help, and first of all, I commend you for that, and uh, you're not running away from it and and you're not trying to solve it yourself because look who has it. You know, we have it. (laughs) So it's pretty hard to solve something. Um, that we need help for, okay, and, you know, there's no shame in that. We have to learn to put the shame in the right place. Um, We were victims as children, okay, that's what we were, and um, my abuse started at the age of six uh, until 17 of sexual and then marrying the wrong people. Uh, I didn't know how to choose, Um, I didn't know right from wrong because all of a sudden when we realize, you know, hey, you know, there's something wrong here, but we don't really realize it while we're living it because that was normal. Because as we were growing up, we had um, people screaming at us. Well, if we get married to someone, they're screaming at us. It, like, goes in one ear and out the other. A lot of times I didn't even listen to it. I just leave. Lori, <laughs> oh, what'd you do when you're getting screamed at?
3: Oh, I internalized it. Well, first, my ears, they would have to cover it because we lived in a smaller house and they were very loud. So they mm-hmm. really did hurt my ears. And that was the only way they communicated. Um, we never ever talked like a normal conversation. Hello, how you mm-hmm. doing? Whatever. I mean, the one time I said hello to my brother next thing I found his hands around my neck, so no, we didn't talk to each other, <laughs> so I only knew, I, I only knew that kind of language, and most of the times I was so uh, riddled with anxiety and fear, my body would shake, I didn't know, you know, what was going to come next, because these were crazy people I dealt with, <laughs> so they did a real uh, uh, a number on me with that, so. And now at an older age, my whole body was affected. Uh, now they tell me it's not going to get better. You can't undo, you know, what was done to your your body, I guess. Uh, it's our minds that we can take away from our bodies. That's how I worked it. So I concentrated on it and how bad of a shape I am in. Like these doctors, you know, are finding out now that I moved, I'd never get anything done. You know, because I could take up all my time. <laughs> I'm busy doing other things that make me um, get rid of that anxiety in a healthy way, you know, because you know my situation, I'm stuck here. So I make things for kids and, you know, el- elderly people. There's a nursing home right up this block i will be adding to my list. But that's what I want to concentrate on. they could take my body, but they can't take my mind because I overcame too much, you know, and it came in stages. It didn't. I did a four-year stretch with an incest therapist that helped a lot, and then different things happened along the way that I got off track. I had to go down a new road, you know. Just like you coming back here, um, it's like perfect timing, and I actually um, already like you. <laughs>
1: I hope mean, you don't want to say that, Carol. But I do. Oh, gosh. Well, um, I, I like you, too. Yes, I do. <laughs> and oh, I like nice. you, too. I, <laughs> oh, oh, I love um, you, yeah. too. I love you guys. I do. I have, you know, we, have like, we have a bond. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've got.
3: Yeah. Go this, this is like a trio tonight here. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting here. Yeah, I want to know more about you. Now that you know about me. That's the rest of my story.
1: <laughs> I don't go past well, here.
3: This is where I'm at yeah, now.
1: Yeah. But you know what? Look, at least you you said something very strong there and, and very good because um you said that maybe they could take my body but they couldn't take my mind. See that shows strength, isn't that right, Katarina? I think so. That shows strength.
2: Oh absolutely. Mean, I, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely um and you know it's it's funny that you talk about physical health declining and all these challenges it's not funny but i guess that's what happens uh partially in my case when you ignore the problem and you ignore the problem and you ignore the problem and um i was a busy body um mm-hmm. I was a busybody, you know, I was uh, working, doing school, research, volunteering, uh, all these things, but inside I was a scared little child, and my way of coping with the abuse, like when I was younger, to the first question, um, I became more of a people pleaser, I tried to be more of the good daughter. I internalized everything, and I asked myself, "What is so wrong with me?" Because nothing I wore was right, nothing I did was right, uh, and I did so much. You know, I was involved in extracurriculars. Some of them I didn't even like, um, but I mean, it was cool to tap dance and play piano with um, with a teacher that I was terrified of because she was very strict. Uh, now looking back, but at the time, I didn't really know what was happening. I was just doing what my parents told me. I was trying to get their love. I didn't want to get beaten. I didn't want to get yelled at. I was cleaning more, and then I was cooking more, and then I was taking care of everyone more and neglecting myself. And I led that type of life throughout Uh, my teenage years into adulthood, and I finally crashed on my first year of medical school. My health completely went out the window. I did not know what was happening. I just knew that all of a sudden I'm super sick. I can't breathe, couldn't breathe. I had these severe allergies. Uh, I developed an autoimmune condition, and that's what happens when we internalize. Sometimes people develop MS, multiple sclerosis. They develop cancers. Um, High stress kills. It's published in papers. You can read all about it. It kills. So um, sometimes life forces us to look at our lives and to heal because without your health. You can't do anything. And now I can say that I'm well enough to actually pick up things again and go back to school and engage and come on this show. But there was a moment that I I was completely disabled. And my family did not have the empathy for me. Even then, I was still a failure. So where I'm, at, where I'm at now is I just realized I have to put myself first. Like, there is no way around it. I have to distance myself from my mom, who's, who I love so much, but is so toxic. And I have to distance myself from my um, narcissistic brother and my dad, who's kind of on the sideline. Just take a break you know, and not Mm -hmm. cut them off because I love them. But for instance, this month I'm taking a month break from calling them and from talking Mm -hmm. to them and not in a bad way. Um, They know I love them and I told them, but it's more like, hey, you know, I need this time because I'm like studying and I'm doing things and I just can't be involved in the family drama, trauma anymore through phone conversations. So setting boundaries is so important. What do you guys think? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I think you're great.
1: I I I mean, this is organized. Mm Yeah.
3: You're smart. I mean, oh, my goodness. It was so sad, though, to hear how quickly your body fell down because you could be a future doctor, you know. That's where you were going. But you're in another field now, you know. we don't always get what we want. We don't all become princesses and, and, you know, live that kind of life we just, have to just kind of pick ourselves up and go with wherever it leads us. You know, like I think we're kind of set on a path automatically when we're born. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I really believe that. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
3: It stinks, but I love what
2: you did with yours. Thank you. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in serendipity. I actually, when I got sick in med school, everything worked out, too, so hard for I sacrificed so much Relationships, marriage Kids To reach that goal And um, I was devastated That it happened But then years later Because it's been seven years now I, did, I had to heal um, And I see that Everything happened for a reason Serendipity I'm a firm believer in it Uh, And now my calling is law But not just that um, See the movie um, The Sound of Freedom I don't know, did you guys hear of that
1: movie? yes, I saw it Yes, I did Let me tell you something Um, Now you know I'm tough (laughs) But at the end Oh honey, I was bawling I actually started to cry You know because like with so many of us when we're children, um, when I saw that little girl, and she didn't know if it, the guy was a good guy or a bad guy. And then when she saw the necklace, remember, she saw the brother's necklace. And so she knew that he was a good guy. Um, I looked at her face, and somehow I saw my, myself. I saw myself because mm-hmm. I was like six years old. And and until I was seven and a half With a monster Because uh, that's what they are the, the pedophiles are monsters let's, let's call it what it is Okay And um, I had to take all that abuse And everything And this poor little girl um, Then she saw like an angel Because that's what that guy was to her He saved her He already saved the brother Remember What a wonderful movie And um, so he, he That was his life mission Was to get that little girl back You know People out there, if you haven't seen this movie, I suggest you do so. I mean, this guy was already an agent, but he actually uh, quit his job because he he had saved a little boy from a pedophile and from the trafficking. Okay, and um, let me tell you something: the little girl was still missing, and but she had given him uh, the necklace that the father had given her to him. So that, the, or vice versa, was it, I forget which it was, but they would know that, you know, this was theirs. It was between brother and sister. This is what the father gave, was a necklace. So when that little girl saw the necklace from the agent who, who quit his job to go and find her, to seek her out in the jungles, okay, it was in the jungles, to seek that child out because it wasn't good enough just to have the brother, like the agent's boss said. Hey, you found the, the the little boy. Call it a day, in other words. No. You don't do that. Not if you're a dedicated person and you're out there and you're going to find, you know, who's missing and, and it's brother and sister, for God's sake. You don't do that. So the point is, yes, she realized that he was a good guy because of, of the necklace, And um, he motioned to her to be quiet, keep your mouth shut, because when she first saw him, and you'll remember this in the movie, uh, how many times do we scream when we're being abused, my God. Um, But in the movie, um, when the agent first came into her tent, had the uh, mosquito netting over it because in the jungle there's all those bugs and, and mosquitoes and all that stuff. And she didn't know who he was, so she screamed. Well, there was a whole bunch of guys not too far away who were drinking and drunk and they were the traffickers and, and, and all this other stuff that they were involved with. And um, the one guy called her the princess. This is my, this is my beauty. They called her the pretty one. And he owned her. So I just said, eh, let me go see why she cried out like that. So when he went to the tent, for lack of a better word, to where she was being held. Um, She was told by the agent, keep your mouth shut, and she did, but she was a little little actress because he said to her, he said, what's wrong with you? She said, oh, I had a bad dream. I had a bad dream. He says, well, you know how I take care of bad dreams. You know that I can help you. And he pulled his fly down. Now, we tell it like it is on this show. He pulled his fly down, and then the agent knew for sure, uh uh-oh, this is the time to pounce him. And he got him from behind. And they, they scuffled, and they fought. And it was a pretty wild scene. And the little girl was just sitting there with total horror on her face. I mean, the whole thing is horrific. But to see two grown men fight even just added to it. And, and she certainly wanted for the agent to win. So he, he did win. He grabbed her. He ran. And there was a boat waiting for him. He had prearranged it. And he got the sister back to the family. Now, that was a wonderful, wonderful movie. And what people have to realize is what happens to children. Bill was kidnapped. I was kidnapped and raped, both of us. When children are kidnapped and raped, and Bill is more into the trafficking part of it because he was missing for two weeks. He was with someone his parents knew, but on the other hand, he was taken around from club to club to club to club. Very, very nice, right? And um, he was sexually abused and all this other stuff. Now, with me, it was a three-hour deal, and they say, statistics show this, if you're gone three hours or more, the chances of being found go way down, and if it's more than, like, 48 hours, you're probably dead, okay? So what happens is I was one of 14, 15 was in the process, a teenage boy, and in those days, Katarina, they put your names in the paper when you were abused and all this other stuff. The whole neighborhood knew it, the whole school system knew it. And kids weren't nice back then either, <laughs> okay? That's when I lived in New York, ever since that Staten Island. So... What I'm trying to get across here is um, I was brought back in three hours' time, a little over three hours. He wasn't a murderer. He was a serial rapist. And it's a $150 billion industry with the trafficking of children. It's disgusting. And that's why we've worked so hard on NASCA here, to try to educate people, maybe who haven't heard about this, this movie. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, to understand, well, how do you think those those children feel emotionally, psychologically? They have one right after another, maybe five a day, maybe ten a day, that they have sex with. And, and no one cares if they hurt them. Okay. So children like that, that's called complex PTSD. And you can be sure, because if anything that's repetitive, and in cases like that it's repetitive, or right, you don't have to be trafficked out to be have repetitive sexual abuse. A lot of us have gone through this. I was competitive, and there's many who had competitive sexual abuse. Um, but in this movie, it shows with the trafficking, the children. And what parents don't understand out there, Katarina, you're going to remember this in a movie, okay, Um, it starts out showing that kids can be, you know, out riding their bicycles, minding their own business, and maybe they're with a a group of kids. And and, um, these uh, traffickers, they'll say, I want that one, I want this one, I want that one. And they'll just go and pull them off the bike, and they're gone. Okay? That's how the movie starts out. And then also, too, People out there, when you see these ads in the newspaper, bring your children to us who will make models out of them. Oh, my God. And that's another way of trafficking. And that's how that little boy and his sister were taken because the father, there was no mother in that uh, story that I remember. Um, I think he had the children. He was uh, the one that took care of his own children. He loved them. But he saw this ad, and he took him to this building, and uh, they said, "Oh no, no, you can't come in and see what we're going to do to your children. Well we're working with them, and you'll be a distraction. You'll be a distraction. Come back at 7 pm. Now that's how this movie starts out. He comes back at 7 pm. And not only are his children gone, but the place is locked and dark. They were gone. So people who think, oh, well, I want my child to be a child model. I want this and I want that. That's one of the ways that trafficking can happen. And it's a very frightful thing. So don't fall into it. All right. So when children are very sexually abused, Physically, mentally Emotionally They go through too much domestic violence They see that at home They very well might have Complex PTSD And you can be sure that those Kids, okay, like in the movie And the agent, by the way He too was uh, as a child He was sexually abused I think that's how he got into the business of Working with um, the other agents And in that type of work But the point is that um a lot of times we who have been sexually abused and physically, mentally, emotionally, all the things that go with are neglected. This is how this is where we end up on places like NASA. <laughs> you know? Uh, even all the the jobs that I had before in NASA which is is we don't get paid here. It's how we lived our lives, and that's how we we seem to be a magnet towards jobs, like working in juvie and working in Greystone that I worked at and a part of the Raleigh Lifers program, Scared Straight, and on and on it goes, and detox. I knew all these things. I lived it. I walked it. I walked the walk. So I aligned my work with that. And that's the thing to do. Who better, who better to help people than we, the survivors? Katerina, you go to school. I went to school too. Okay? But the professors that I w- was working with, they they didn't know that much about child abuse. They didn't walk the walk. They couldn't talk the talk. So you see, we have a lot of work to do out there. We who are the survivors, we can do a lot of good so what happens, we get ourselves straightened out. It can take years. We were in years of, look what happened. It, it takes years of, of of abuse that we went through, all of us, most of us. We don't take a yardstick on NASCA. Katerine knows this. And, and, Lori, you know this, for God's sake. We don't take a, a yardstick and say, hey, um, this one abused uh, three times, four times, Oh, but that one was abused a thousand times. I'm just using that number. (laughs) Okay. Um, That doesn't mean that one abuse is worse than the other. It doesn't mean that at all. Because trauma is trauma. Now, some time ago, I did say, and it was something I had read. I do a lot of research, and I'll say it again because I haven't mentioned it in a while. If there's somebody new listening Um, they've decided, you know, all the uh, professors and and all this other stuff and and even the legal people, too, have decided that a child who watches, say, like domestic violence, where the parents are supposed to be the ones who love them, guide them, help, you know, teach them boundaries like you were talking about, you know, and, and what's right, what's wrong, if they're fighting and you see blood flying, because a lot of times there is blood flying, all right, and you see this time after time after time, that child has the same, actually, it's the same type of trauma as standing next to a soldier in war. This is a war to the children saying this, their parents acting like that, and blood flying. So the soldier who sees his buddy, because they always do, you know, they watch each other's back and everything, get killed in front of his eyes, he's going to suffer or she's going to suffer from terrible post-traumatic stress disorder, and it could very well be the complex type. And with the child, the same thing. So you see, with all of this violence, what do we have out on the street? What's it like by you, Katrina, all right? There's violence, horrible, horrific violence on our city streets, you know, streets here. What are you experiencing?
2: Well, you know, I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and Mm -hmm. there is, I'm right in downtown. There's so much stabbings, killing, homelessness. There are traumatized people on the street, and society doesn't seem empathic towards it. Sure, I read things on the newspaper. The government is trying to, um, you know, put more funding here, put more funding there. Um, but tents are going up. Homeless tents are going up. Uh, they're coming. They're tearing them down. And people have to move to another place because let's be honest, they're not going to get any housing. Uh, to get any housing usually takes 5 to 10 years and that's if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. So all these stories were taught about you're going to be supported. Um, those are the lucky ones. Those are the lucky ones. There's so many children that are abused that are on the streets as youth. And it's heartbreaking. But, you know, I also want to talk about uh, being a target, being a target by people who are not on the streets, like uh, a property manager who is psychopathic, and he sees a sweet little lamb, you know, and makes their life miserable for, for ears, and the more they speak up, the more they abuse them. This is also something that's very common here. That these monopolies, led by psychopaths mm-hmm. or sociopaths, mm-hmm. are still operating. It happens in the workplace. It happens in so many settings. but the common denominator is: do you, I, as a survivor of abuse, carry myself as a victim? And then I get victimized? Or do I hide my pain and I put a smile on and I pretend everything is okay and I try to avoid people? Or do I become strong like a lion? And I don't scream and yell back and I don't hit back. But I stand up in my truth and I speak up and shed truth to the matter because you might not be heard once or twice or even a hundred times. But at some point, sometimes we'll meet the right person or we'll come across the right organization like NASCA um, that will transform the way we feel. It will give us hope and the way we behave. And I, I think there are a lot of people that have this trauma that are being abused on a daily and that's not really talked about, right? So um, it's important to do that self-work. And it's important to find resources. It really, really is. So you could shift. Being a victim, you know what? It sounds bad, but sometimes it's, it's yeah, we need to, we, we've been victimized. And if we've been gaslit by our parents or the abuser or whoever, Um, we feel like there's no help, there's something wrong with me, and there's no point in reaching out for help. And some of us reached out for help, but we didn't get trauma-informed counselors or even teachers or social workers or whatever it may be. So we get re-traumatized and we retreat into a shell of depression and anxiety and loneliness and maybe even suicidal ideation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I I keep saying, you know, just keep on trying, push yourself out there because there's few light workers out there that understand what you've been through. They're trauma informed. But it will take work from you to seek them out and keep trying because there's so many people on this planet and so many bad people too. So it's learning about sorting between the good and the bad, whatever profession they may be. Title means nothing if the person has no heart. But we hold on to that title and we think, I'm not worthy to be heard if I'm being abused by a lawyer or a management or whatever, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But our voice is strong, and it needs to be loud through constructive ways. Right. Uh, yeah, so speak up That's very, and join the
0: good. show. hmm
1: well, you see, you're saying a lot of good, good things there. It is a job in itself, okay, to find a good therapist. You're absolutely right. And there are a lot of therapists out there who don't understand, you know, by all the feelings that we go through um, as, as a child and then into adulthood and our behavior. You see, that's what we learn, too. In school, of course, is the behavior patterns, you know, of people. And... um it comes from the past, many times. I get so angry when I hear people say, well, I got hit in the head when I was a kid. I turned out all right. Did you? <laughs> you know, he's probably the guy sitting at the bottom, of the, you know, he's he's at the, at the end of the bar, you know, he's drinking, and then he goes home. What does he do? He goes home and he abuses his wife or his children, okay? Hey, I went through it. I lived through it. It's not okay. And when we were talking about boundaries before, that's where people have to learn that their self-worth. You see, we, so often we don't have that self-worth until we actually learn to develop it. And that's why you set a boundary in your, in your family to take a month off, okay, because you know your self-worth now and you need to get rid of you know toxic people. You may love them, like you said, and, and uh, that's good. I'm saying that's good. But you know when to back off, and that's good. That's even better because then you don't get wrapped up like you said in the very beginning in all of that drama and trauma, maybe over the phone or something. And if you're not standing in front of them, then they can't scream and yell at you you would be so surprised of how many people have mother issues on this, this show. <laughs> and father issues too, but mostly mother issues. Where the mother is supposed to be the one who nurtures us. She's supposed to nurture us. And if we don't have that nurturing at home, and, and we're, we're yelled at and, and uh, told we're no good, we're worthless, or our voice doesn't matter, all right? Um, because after all, we're, we're not very smart, right? Whatever the case might be. Um, then we're not going to have that nurtured spirit inside. We're going to have a broken spirit. And it takes years, sometimes many years, before people can actually heal and say, hey, I do matter. I am smart, I can do this, I can do that. Some people do become overachievers. That's called the fawn, okay? And uh, we were talking about that the other night. You have the fight and the flight and the, and, and the freeze, and then you also have the fawn. You said that you were a people pleaser. I went through that. Other people go through it all the time. And uh, I used to care whether people liked me, I don't care anymore (laughs) That may sound cold and callous And all this other stuff But I I think enough of myself Today All right, today That I know that if I treat people Well and they don't Reciprocate and they don't treat me well Or if they think poorly of me And I know that I put enough into a relationship Or or into a family or whatever The case might be That they should like me um, then I'm strong enough today, yes, to walk away. And that's what you're able to do. Even, even if you take breaks, okay, you take breaks, and that's good. In my family, I couldn't just take breaks. I had to make a, a clean break, <laughs> all right? Let's put it that way, a clean break in, 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 in a psychological sense. I took care of my mother and my stepfather because it was a thing to do. And I did it mechanically See, there was no emotion there It was gone years ago And some people might say Well, that's a self, uh, you know, self-defense type of mechanism And they're right Because I won't let anyone you know, crush me anymore today I don't care who they are No more crushing And I do fight back If I have to Lori, what's going on with you? Um, you went through mother issues and, and all this other stuff, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. th- and you Yeah.
3: Well, she was psychotic, um, and I truly believe she hated me way before I was able to talk because I had absolutely no words from her. She just used mm-hmm. to attack me um, and go into rage attacks. I had to learn her, um, I don't know, her routine, um, who she was, because I couldn't avoid her. Uh, she would always sneak up on me, grab my hair, you know, she'd swim me around the floor, just punch the crap. You know, the, the typical stuff, you know, that she did. Um, so I, I never had that bonding experience whatsoever, you know, from her. And I knew immediately she hated me and i was reassured when my sister was born she didn't treat her well she left her like untended basically all day until she was about a year old and i opened up the door and found her in a in a room you know okay, she used to feed her in the crib we, i didn't even know i had a sister but didn't anyway oh she favored that her you know more than me so she didn't treat her well um yeah. You know, and she grew up, unfortunately, to be a total drug addict. But, you know, growing up without the bond and you see other people, you know, either I guess there's school activities, you know, when the parents show up at school for some kind of science fair or whatever, anybody there to support you, that was not any of my family in any of those audiences. They didn't even asked me if I did well in school. They they did nothing but just check my report card. And they decided I was the smart one and that they would, you know, not expect anything else from me, but there was no reason to talk to me. So it was pretty weird up. But I still, you know, I never had the bond, so I don't even really know the connection except when I had my son, I understand the mother bond to him, but with my own, no. So I heard that she's still alive and that she's 93. Um, wow. <laughs> pretty. I always wanted her to live at least to her mother's age because she put her in a nursing home. When it really wasn't necessary. So I wanted her to live and let her know what it felt to be like at 92. So um, it's a lot of years with her though she beat me down and, you know, made me feel like I was like the lowest form of dirt on the ground, which is why I got into my bad marriage. But um, over time and doing my own thing and just growing as a person, you know, catching up. And you think as you go, so it's always like you're a little bit healing, you're not into it. So uh, what I do is I kind of like, Spread it out. If I'm going to be in the house, if it's raining, you know, maybe a thought will come to me and I'll try not to get it out of my head. Maybe I'll just kind of go with it and see where it leads because maybe, it, you know, after I thought it, then I won't think it anymore. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. You know, it's kind of stored up because nobody really ever talked about what went on. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, wasn't a talker. So there's like a lot of stuff in my head, but it's Okay. Because I'm here where I am now, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I made it, is the way I look at it. I could have been uh, one of them, you know, <laughs> like I said, I should have died at that, that four, the two-story four-four. I should have died on that, that ground. I don't know why I did it. But over time, I realized there's a reason that you're put on this earth and there's a reason for everything that happens. And I accepted it. So in my head, I didn't like my life, but I accept it, and I'm making the best of it. And that's just how it's going to go.
1: Yeah, but you show strength, okay. Um, Oh, go away. (laughs) Let me turn my phone off. Um, You you turn, um, yeah, you turn. Um, You show strength by what you said. That's strength.
3: Yeah. You know, I feel like it. I feel like it just. Because, like, if, I should have been worn out and, you know, probably elsewhere than where I am, but look where I am. And, you know, it all started also because um, of NASCA. That's one, the part of me that wasn't going anywhere because I didn't outwardly talk about it. I just got involved, you know, on the bikes and all that kind of stuff. But people like myself, we were in there. So, you know... It NASA put me in a different world, and when I first came on this show, uh, this last time I had had a, one of my many strokes. I had about ten of them, and I had a speech problem. So when Bill was asked me after my interview, I think it was my third to come back, I'm like thinking I can't speak well. I can't speak well enough to make a sentence on the show, and that was like the main you know, reason that I was like away for so long. But it helped me grow and I can't detect anything in my speech being off anymore. So yeah, in the weird ways Naska improved different parts of me. So it's like a it's a whole big bundle of stuff that you get from Nasca.
1: I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're very happy that you're here, you yeah. know. Oh, for heaven's sake. Bill is he asking what? Me if the guest is here.
0: <laughs>
1: well, well, and you we, speak very well. He, um, let me hold. it I haven't heard from her voice yet. No, oh, you wouldn't hear it from her. She's not here. Hold on a second. He's not doing uh, that great. He's he just had a, a major operation, Katerina. Okay,
0: uh-huh. so um,
1: he's yeah. Now he's probably I say, reached so out to him by
2: email. Uh, to let him know I'm coming to the show. I was hoping he would be on, because Bill Murray, he's the founder of NASA, um, mm-hmm. and without this show, without this organization, I don't know where mm-hmm. I would have been. Uh, so he is uh, shining light, and I hope he recovers soon.
1: Well, he's probably listening to you, except he's typing too fast here. <laughs> he- you don't have to call in, Bill. We're doing fine. But I want him to rest, for God's sake. <laughs> I, 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 he, he, he's, he's a pro. He Hold on a second. Listen here, Bill,
3: if you're Wait. listening.
1: <laughs> oh, he's uh, listening. I, told him,
3: I sent him an email to like take it slow, <laughs> give it time. You know, but an actor's mind has to be kept busy. You know, they just you just can't go, 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 and then stop suddenly. And not reacting. A,
1: well, the, this was a, a major surgery, okay. But he still he called in. Look at this silly guy! I can't believe this.
4: I haven't, I haven't seen Katerina in a long time, and that's why I called in. And I'm oh, well, you
1: know in. what? You you have to rest though, and I'm, I'm I'm happy you're able to call in, okay? But we're doing well, fine. We're having a wonderful conversation. Back. Hmm.
4: Yeah. I'm lying flat on my back, so it's not too difficult to go in. Have oh, <laughs> to okay. hold, up, hold up. That's about it.
2: Bill, I'm um, so honored, yeah. so honored that go you're ahead. on. Oh my god, I missed you. I hope you're you're gonna recover soon and get back on the horse and join us here regularly.
4: You can always call me. You haven't called me directly in a long time either, and you know I'm always available. And I, I deal with so many people. I kind of forget who it is I'm in touch with right now and who I'm not in touch with right now, but there'll never be a time when I don't want to hear from you or talk to you, okay? so
2: I'll give you a but, ring then. You just opened up an invitation. So expect a ring uh, maybe two or three weeks to now when you're feeling a little bit better unless, you know, you want sure. to talk sooner.
4: Absolutely. No, I'm um, I'm doing okay. It's It was like, uh, I think I heard... Uh, Carol explained that I had another operation years ago that was much worse, but this one's still bad. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's actually to repair the first one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you can tell, I'm comfortable talking. I can't, and I'm going to have to start thinking about new guests and all that starting on Monday. But I haven't looked at my email. There must be a 100 of them, must be more than that, that yeah, are brand yeah. new to me.
1: Yeah.
4: Well, you know, so well, it you know
1: it's, yeah, I, I'm um, I'm sorry that she didn't call, you know, call or anything tonight. But you know, things happen in people's lives. We don't know what's going on with her. But um, she had a tremendous story um, that would have been a wonderful story for her to tell. However, we're doing fine here. And these two girls, let me tell you, Lori and 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 Katerina, you know, calling in like this, we're having a fine conversation. And we're yeah. sharing a little bit. And uh, but yeah. we're really speaking we spoke a little bit more about the movie because that's important and uh, she had brought that I, up, Katarina, I brought that up. She didn't want to know. Front if what show Carol,
4: so I, I, I missed the whole point in the show, so the scene is still taking care of me just so let you know if she's really great about this and
1: well, you don't um, have to worry. Mama Bear is yeah. here. Now you know that I'm here, so it's gonna be okay yeah. and, and, and Lori's yeah. here and, and Katarina's here. She's a fine speaker, Katarina. Yes she is. You know that. She's wonderful. a fine speaker. Yes, she is. And Lori thinks so too. And um I'm Yeah.
0: She's
1: very clear. Heart. She's very clear and she's uh she's a good speaker. So we would love to Oh, uh, you're come giving back. me
2: way too much credit. Honestly, I learn from the best. Where well, do you think I finally stop by listening to people?
3: <laughs> That's how we all learn. Yeah. Well I tell Carol well, between... She's the Queen and Ask and I learn I learned plenty from Carol. Oh my mm. god, if you wealth the information. <laughs> it boggles <laughs> my mind how somebody could know so much stuff. You know, and just like teach it.
1: It's amazing. <laughs> That's it. Well, well, I thank you for that. Hey, Bill, did you hear that? <laughs> I could be like that pussy cat on on on, on uh, Facebook. The cat says something, and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, oh,
4: really?
1: I think it's funny. <laughs> oh, but anyway. <laughs> well, it's funny. i not saying it's not funny. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
4: right.
1: What what we do here is. Um, for the most part, absolutely. We, we do, you know, we respect each other and we help each other and we support each other. But, yes, we do want to get the information mm. out because there's so many people that still don't. Uh, I even explained at one point, the professors that I was working with, they didn't know about child abuse. Oh, that's too stupid. You know, it, 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 they should know uh, more uh, things.
4: Let me tell you, let me tell you something. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah.
4: I have a, a story to tell from the hospital. Go where ahead. I met the staff of the hospital that dealt with me. And um, thank you, Ekaterina. Thank you for the numbers. Um, I had, a, um, I had a, a, one of my last days with the doctor that gave me the surgery had like five other people in trail, younger kids, younger people, who he was, you know, teaching. And they're all they're all doctors, but they're still teaching. They don't have the ability. They don't have to. Can't lead the group like he can yet. Mm -hmm. So um, when he had his head turned, I think it was, I I decided I would ask. I said, "Let me ask you: How many of you have um, have uh, knowledge of um, what did I say?" Child abuse. Consider yourself, you know, trauma-informed. Oh, you and go. one person raised that. And I said, well, that's probably common. It's one out of five. Said, but do you know that, you know, I went to some statistics. The doctor turned back by then, and he was listening along, kind of interested. He said, you know, this is a huge issue that nobody's really addressing directly. But people like yourself are in the vanguard of carrying this mm-hmm. message because you get to see us or anybody else, even before we understand that something we might be going through is a is a traumatic reaction to the child abuse that we receive, you may see us. So, you know, with statistics that are like, you know, one out of four and then one out of five or six, um, it's a lot, it's millions and millions. In fact, it's billions of people worldwide. So I said to them, um, how, how many of you have been... Had had any trauma training, and a different person raised their hand, and I said, "And what was it?" And I said, well, we had it," she said. "We had a class in it once for a few hours." I said, "See, to be a course of study, it should be, you know, a, a, a place you could, you could put all your energy. Once you've learned your medical, earned your medical degree, there's still more to learn, and you got to learn a specialty. Why can't this be it?" So I went on and spoke some more. They were. You know, their jaws were on the floor. So I um, invited them to visit us, and uh, I don't know if they will or not, but gave them the website, of course, and and my name and phone number was there. I told them and so forth. So, But it was an opportunity. This is the kind of thing we shouldn't miss, you know, uh, in our daily lives. There are a lot of people who can – they don't have to be child abuse victims themselves. But if they have any kind of sympathy for the horror of child abuse, they can be made extremely useful in carrying a message. You know, at least for a little ways, and then giving, you know, passing the ball. You know, here you go, go. You know, <laughs> here's a direction you can go in, and here's another direction you can go in. We don't follow people as close, closely enough to be in charge of their healing journey. Well, that's not what we're about at NASA. But we are here to help any time we can, uh, and we are here to help any way we can with many different tools and you know services and so forth that are related to healing. And that's okay. for the um, for the public, you know, education as well as the the service the healing journey of a fellow uh, survivors. So that's
1: right. Anyway,
4: that's right. it's quite it was quite an experience. Watching them, like, whoa. Well, you
1: know, well, let let me say this, and then I'll be quiet. Um, You said something big there, Bill, because I've experienced the same thing. I'm sure many of us, you know, we who talk so much about child abuse and and live it, you know, all this other stuff. There have been times when I was in the hospital, and you could see, you could see, who was interested in talking about child abuse Because they'd say, well, what do you do? And I'd say, well, I work with, uh, you know, victims and, and survivors of child abuse And I speak about NASCA Well, some right. get really turned off And then others seem interested And then this right. one guy Okay, this is this is outrageous This one guy who was uh, wheeling me down so I could have a test I, not, It wasn't an MRI, but something similar to that He said, I can't stand it when people uh, talk, and this is a technician now, mind you, okay? I can't stand it when people talk about, you know, child abuse. Um, Today the kids get away with so much, and if they need a good spanking, damn it, I'm going to give my kids a good spanking. I thought, wow, I bet you do too. You see, people don't sit down with their children, and they don't say to them, this is why I'm angry, let's talk about it. Kids have brains, too. But his first way of speaking to a child was not speaking. It was hitting. And this is something we were talking about earlier with domestic violence, where children go to when they see it and so forth. I get it. Go through. I get it. I understand. So, you know, uh, um, I get what you're saying, too, because I had that experience. I felt like smacking him. <laughs> That's okay. Well, he—it's it, just—it's it, a shame that we live in a society, Bill, where people either don't care enough about children and abuse, or they're brought up in an ignorant way. Where I was speaking about earlier, um, they got through it. They got hit in the head, and I turned out all right. I always question people like that. I
4: I never talk about the negative. I talk about the positive. And as soon as somebody displays negative to me, I turn away from them. There's too much good you can do without trying to fix somebody that's already, you know, and and frankly, I I talked to a lot of people, you know, besides Mm -hmm. that that one team. But that was a team where I, I had five people standing around me in my bed, and I had their total attention for quite a while. My roommate... Heard all about this My nurses Each one in turn Heard all about this I mean There's a There is a opportunity And you know This was good Because I I had not been driving Very much Mm -hmm. You know And Mm -hmm. um, My um, uh, Ability to get around Had been severely uh, Limited But here I was I was A captive audience For them They were my captive audience I guess
1: and isn't that a good feeling? Yeah. You bet. Yeah. yeah. I mean well, you've I done sorry. your job. You see that's the way it is, Bill. You've done your job. Um yeah, when no, you're when you have no. a captive audience, like oh. I said, or whatever. Um, that's a good oh. thing. What well, Katarina, what were you gonna say?
2: I hope they didn't mess you up after surgery <laughs> but also <laughs> they gave you you gave them a really good lesson. And yeah. thank God mm-hmm. for that. You know, all these uh like there are ignorant people in every sector of society and i know um like for myself i'm 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 scared to talk about anything um anxiety depression related in a hospital because i witnessed when people get those diagnoses and oh my god bring child abuse i mean that's more That's more concrete versus I'm just anxious or depressed. That gets to the root of it. But um, some people, yeah, they won't treat you right. Absolutely, they won't. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are some people that will take the time and listen, like in Bill's situation. Thank God for that. Um, And they need to listen because they're taking care of people. Uh, And I'm sure they have so many victims come through and they're not even aware of it. And then when they do come through, do they get treated well? Do they not? If the abused victim is homeless, will he get kicked out? Right? Right? Like, there is a difference in society. There is a real issue with humanity being kind to the underdog.
4: Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an mm-hmm. exciting project coming up at Katarina. Uh The only one who really knows about it is possibly Carol. She knows part of it anyway. But um, we have a member that's um, been in touch with me for some time now, and I, you know, he's come to my house and I've gone to his. We're about an hour and a half away, um, and he was once a homeless person, the why I bring it up. The project is going to be that he... He just recently acquired his his five year chip for recovery, for sobriety, which is a huge deal for anybody who's in recovery. They'll know that right Right. away. And and so he um, decided he was going to devote his life because he kind of made a promise to God that he would. That if if things went well for him, he would devote himself to the people like him that were getting such short uh, shrift and not enough care. Well, those are those are homeless. So he decided he wanted to start a group that um, I felt comfortable with. That that because he's the founder of a group that comes from the fact that he was abused as a child, and therefore he acted in all different kinds of ways, like we all do, which were tra- traumatic. Uh, one of which was homelessness. Another of which was, you know, prostitution on the streets here in L.A another of which was drugs and alcohol another of which was being uh mistreated by uh pedophiles when in the in a in a setting like like a, a club setting which I'm familiar with he was in the same neighborhood as I was when when that happened so we're going to use his we're going to let him have a foundation um which will Uh, reach out, he's made a lot of good progress already reaching out to people who are interested in helping Um, and if money becomes involved we're not supposed to take uh, money from people, at least we're not supposed to have direct uh, relationships with other businesses but we won't, we'll be offering him, we are offering him um, a, a the ability to have folks send money through NASCA which he's a big-time NASCA member, um, and then we will, you know, dire- directly send it on to him. And at some point, we might, you know, be paid a little something for it, but it's not, it's not a business deal, you know. So this is exciting because they they keep hearing about NASCA at the same time, and they didn't expect hey.
1: that. <laughs> they well, that he, and I no, talk almost, no he and I talk things, almost they. every day, though. and you don't realize that. I know. And well, And I what know um that. Well, <laughs> I don't know what you know, but um, like he'll have hats that'll have NASCAR on it, right? You should say oh. a little bit of that, so you know, and and the shirts, and um, okay. it'll actually, you know, it's a good way of um, talking about it. I mean, it'll, they'll say, "Well, who's NASCAR? All right, and then then they find out, you know. Well, that's, that's who you really. has got
4: to give out the contact to make a contribution, so they're all going to find NASA. Mhm. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah, that's right. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But anyway Bill, it is, it
2: right Well Bill I am excited And then I'm thinking How do I get involved to help you guys Because you know I know in the past um, You did open the door for me to help But I wasn't ready I was dealing with my own stuff And now I'm I'm actually ready Full blown ready oh. to help out oh. so, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
4: Well, you're a part of NASA. You always have been. <laughs>
2: I know, but if 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 this bright um, lad, um, you know, wants to grow his organization, uh, just know I can. However, you need my help, just let me know. But I'm a, I, I love homeless people. I'm an advocate. Why? Because we can all end up there. A lot of people that are homeless, they're teens. They're um, you know moms, their dads, uh, their aunts, their uncles, their are seniors, their are veterans, they're disabled um, it's it's anyone and everyone you can imagine can end up there, and it's That's so great. difficult it's such a hard life. They get beaten, they get stabbed, they get uh, mugged. it's such a difficult life so however I can help
4: okay, well, this is in its nemesis it's going to be could be big. It could be really big because the people that he's encountering who are talking to him are really getting their heads turned around when he starts talking to them. They're not expecting anybody to come from where he comes from. He's very honest and he's very practical. They don't expect that because he's not in it for politics or for money for himself or anything like that. They're they're all shocked. so They're all willing to do a little more. So We'll see. But it's... um, it's kind of an exciting thing for all of us too. So we're gonna—I really haven't officially announced it that Carol, of course, knew now. Some people have heard about this show, but on this show, but there will be, uh, you know, uh, some some in some way a uh, uh, an announcement on the website and the Facebook pages and blah blah blah. If you're, you know, moving forward with this, so yeah. Oh.
1: Well, that's something that you two could uh, you know, talk about maybe. As time goes by, it's it's right it's not really together yet. Okay, it's not gelling together quite yet. Um, it's starting to, okay. Because he right. has well, the um most, yeah, the most well, left, thing about it is that, you know, mm-hmm. us,
4: we're a we're we're a full non profit, we have all the paperwork and so forth and we don't follow uh that, well, that what's good. so
1: good, Bill, is that he has spoken to police officers, okay, who were victims, okay? That's good. Yep. And and ah. also two firemen who were victims. I don't know if there was anybody else. I know about th- those two, um, the firemen okay. and the police. So that's good. Yes. Sure. That's good. And they're willing to um, do what they can do, <clears throat> excuse me, at their end. <clears throat> Didn't anybody hear that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, at at their end, so with something like this, if you can be helpful too, uh, Katrina, I don't I don't know exactly what's the you know um, how you're going to do that, but that's something that to keep that in mind because this is something that you know needs to be out there all the time about child abuse, whether it be a movie, whether it be um, something else, whether it be with the books that we we're we're always writing and all the things that we're doing. Um let me tell you something, like When I wrote my book long ago, now um, there was only one other book about child okay. abuse. Okay. Yeah. Now there's thousands. You know what I'm saying? Probably around thousands. I don't know. So I mean, people are trying. They're they're working. It's no, it's a good thing because um, we're further ahead today than we were, like say, ten years ago or twelve years ago. Are you there? Yeah. Are you hearing me? No. I'm having all a me? little better.
2: You. Scream a little. Scream a little, Bill.
1: Ekaterina.
4: With the E in front.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Ekaterina, right.
2: Katrina, E. T. You know, sometimes they feel yeah. like an alien. So all of it is fine.
4: Well, I want people to use the right name when they address you. E. Katerina. There's is, is, is an E in front, in other words, Carol. E.
1: Katerina. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Katerina. Okay, I can do this. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Yeah.
2: I
4: appreciate it. <laughs> See, it means
1: something to Yeah, I yeah, think I it Katerina just now for a minute. <laughs> Go ahead. It's funny. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, but well, I know that it means something to people when you actually learn their name. And there's. Mm-hmm. The, They have a little bit of a name that's a little difficult. It's not a lot difficult, but you have to know it, say it. So, it means a lot to a person when you learn that. So, anyway, thank you very much. I'm going to get off the line with you guys. I don't want to eat up the rest of your show. You're pretty close to the end anyway, aren't you? Yeah, we
1: are. Yeah, you've
4: got got about less than ten minutes. All right, Katarina, I I don't have a profile or anything for you, uh, and I can't save this um, that way, so... That's part of the problem with you. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out a way, though, all right? And we will talk soon, all right?
2: Sounds good. You you take care and take some rest. You definitely need it, and you deserve it. Get better soon, and we'll talk
4: soon. Thank you. And, we'll thank you. and Lori, Lori, I know you're there in the background. I love you, too, okay? <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> we <We're> right back. <No>. <laughs> <laughs> all
4: right, so all three of you ladies, thank you. Have a great evening, and we'll talk soon again, All right. All okay.
1: Right. And I okay. go yeah, go rest.
2: What okay, an okay. honor. What an honor to have Bill on tonight. You know, as he's recovering. Um, you see, everyone's on a mission and especially Bill, he started this mission. Um and when you're on a mission, you're unstoppable. Nothing can stop you.
1: Rain mm-hmm. or shine,
2: sickness or health. So very inspiring. mm
1: mm-hmm. That's, that's very, very true. Well, we've been on a mission for many years, okay? But I, I do like people to know that, um, yes, there are people out there, like there was a right on, on the uh, Facebook, someone had written about a woman who was homeless. Okay, I worked with the homeless, too. And, um, but anyway, she was going into restaurants and, and hoping that people would leave things on their plate behind, you know, like they didn't totally finish their meal. And, and and she wanted to bag that up. She wanted to eat that, that their food because she was so hungry and, and take it with her, I suppose. Well, people were, and she would ask some of them, if, if you're done with that, could I please, you know, um, have what's on the rest of your plate there? And people would turn her away and they'd look at her with so much disgust and all this other stuff. Let me tell you something. Why not put on this earth to judge people? If, first of all, people don't like taking food out of uh, garbage bins. I've seen people do that. Um, people don't like, um, you know, a lot of the things that they're doing to get food. They don't. It, it's not, you know, one of their top things that they want to do. So this poor lady, if she's asking people to have food off of their plate, for God's sake, don't judge her. I, I wrote a thing on there. I got mad when I wrote it because I have worked with them. And quite frankly, I know what it's like to be homeless too, okay, for a period of time in my life. I I stayed out of my house and on the street by choice. Now, when someone's asking for food, for God's sake, give it to them. And then there was someone who wanted to buy her a full meal, but she had left by that time. I don't know if she was thrown out because people were complaining. Or or she just simply went somewhere else. I really don't know. So what people don't realize is that the homeless—they're not always drug addicts. What we're looking at on TV is so horrifying. Um, I don't believe for one minute those people want to be like that. They're mentally ill. This is mental health again. Month, okay. We're going to be speaking a lot about the mentally ill and uh, mental—you know—mental issues, mental health issues because it's September, okay. And next month it will be domestic violence, like I said earlier on in the show. Mm-hmm. So um, it's something to consider, you know. In fact, I even wrote at the very end, if you would all just help a little bit, maybe you wouldn't have to take sleeping aids at night because, <laughs> you know, to to see people all over the place, the the immigrants, all right, as they come in, they're, they're told that so many good things are going to happen to them when they come to America. And look at our streets. Okay, because you had mentioned that, okay, before. And um, quite frankly, it doesn't matter whether it's New York or, or, or whether it's San Francisco or or some other place or some urban area. It doesn't even have to be in the, in the big cities. It, it's all over the place now. Um, it's happening. And um, I feel sorry for people. Instead of judging them, okay, and thinking they're a piece of garbage, um, You know, if you can help them, help them for God's sake. Because someday it could be you, it could be me, it could be uh, one of your family members, um, or a neighbor that you know. It could be someone you know. It could be one of your children. Because things happen in life. They just simply do. So I think that we're all called to a mission, okay? Um, I think if we're going to be decent people, and you spoke about humanity before, it is a problem with humanity. I mean, it's all over the world where people are hungry, where they're homeless and, and all this other stuff. So when you have other countries saying, come here, come here, you know, and everything will be fine, and then they can't deliver for whatever reason, I won't go there, but for whatever reason. Um, then you see the people who are homeless and they're hungry and, and they're they're sitting in their own filth and all this other stuff that's going on in our country, yeah, that's something to talk about. That's something to be worried about, Um, and it's a reflection of humanity. It's not a good thing because, you know, people do judge. Instead of helping, they do judge. I don't have to tell you that because you worked with the homeless or you do that now even.
2: Yes, that's right. And, you know, some people think, oh, survival of the fittest. They didn't make it. Yeah, it doesn't feel so good when you're on the other side surviving yourself, right? If you got sick, lost your job, then lost your benefits, now you're on the streets. Survival of the fittest doesn't work in a kind society, and society is judged by how we treat our most vulnerable people. What is the Western world built on if not on human rights, humanity, care, empathy, But we need agents to carry those things out. So it really comes down to every single one of us trying to put our feet down to earth, get humble, and do your part. Do
1: your part to help. That's right. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. And, you know, this goes back many years. I'm going to say this quickly because the show is just about over. Um, During the time of depression, okay, On my mother's side of the family, Uh, they had a farm out in Iowa. And um, there was a a railroad track not too far away off of their property. And my grandparents evidently put out tables, and they had vegetables. And in those days, they used to call them bums. They didn't even call them homeless. They called them bums, all right? Um, This shows you society and the way they think. So... They, of course, would jump onto the trains, but they would come come out by those tables and they would grab food. Now, if we could all just be a little bit kinder to each other, if we could just do that, all right, um, that would be a helpful thing. That would be a good thing. So we as a society, we have to learn to be a kinder people. But first we have to clean up this mess that we're living in. Okay, this is the end of the show. I thank you so much for calling. And I haven't heard from you in so long. Oh, my God. And, um, and Lori, thank you so much for being my co-host. You know, I love you guys. This is great. We had a good show. And uh, Bill, I hope he does mend very soon, and he comes back and uh, very soon. So good night, everybody. God bless. And let's all try to be a little bit kinder. Bye now. <laughs> good, night good, good night to you. Good night, everyone. Good night.
0: Love Talk Radio You are all that I